Good morning. I greet you all on this Palm Sunday as we come and celebrate our risen Savior who has walked a walk on our behalf throughout all of Lent and has taken us right to the cross with him. So we join together today in our, in our worship. Um, we don't have palms today. We haven't quite gotten back into that stage yet, but um, we are celebrating Palm Sunday today. And we're doing so with just a few announcements to share. So this is, of course, we're entering into Holy Week this week, the somber week that leads into Good Friday, and the celebration of Easter Sunday. So this week, our services will be a Good Friday service at 2 p.m. and our Easter celebration at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning with communion next week. Our prayer meetings will continue. Uh, we'll have prayer meeting tonight at 7, and of course, everyone is welcome to join us. Our next council meeting is the 25th. Worship meeting will meet at 6. Worship committee will meet at 6. Um, as you can see, this, uh, we've reinst kind of reinstated our food bank Sunday. It's something that we kind of lost track of through the pandemic, but we want to bring it back. Um, so we're collecting money for the food bank, but also we are collecting items to go to our schools. So if you have the, the list, uh, this flashes up on the screen, it goes out in the email. It's also, if you need a copy, there's a few copies at the back of the church, on the back of a short bulletin. And so we will bless these things today as we send them off to the schools and to the food bank. Any other announcements to share today? Um, I just have two points. The reader's list. Okay. Yep. yep. The reader's list is up for the next couple of months, I think. So is that at that door on the bulletin board and also on the uh, back table. So check the reader's list if you could. Just make sure you know when you're reading. And also some um, people for it. Now we have coffee hour. Oh, yes. There's a sign-up sheet for a coffee hour, a monthly coffee hour now that we've started up uh, last month. So every the first Sunday of every month, there's a bit of a coffee hour in the hall. You're welcome to come and join. Anything else to share? Well, I think we have a, a birthday to celebrate this week. We do? We do, I think. I think there's somebody here that's still a teenager. Is that here Yeah, there's a seven, there's, a, there's a, someone turning 17 here tomorrow. So, yeah. And who's been newly licensed too, I'll warn you. But <laughs> Lots of excitement. Let's just take a moment then to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. This is, of course, our last Sunday of Lent as we walk into the darkness of Holy Week, as we walk with Jesus through the celebration of today, but recognizing that tomorrow he faces condemnation and scorn, and that throughout this week we reflect on the power of the cross as we walk with him to the cross of our salvation, the place where he gave his life for our own. And we thank God for the gift of life and light that he brings, even though it has gotten darker over the last couple of months. And we'll get much darker as we walk into Friday. But we know 
that the light shines brighter than ever before on Easter morning. Let's join together in our opening prayer. Lord, as we walk with Jesus in this season of Lent, with him to his death on the cross, we walk in humility. We walk reflecting on what his death means to us. Help us, O oh God, to see the power of his sacrifice in our lives as we learn of your great love for us. Be with us in our worship today as we learn of your love shown through Jesus Christ, the one who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Our responsive psalm this morning is Psalm 106. give thanks to God, for God is good. God's love endures forever. Who can Blessed are those who act justly and always do what is right. May I see the prosperity of your chosen. May I share the joy of your nation and exalt with the people you have made your own. Oh, give thanks to God, whose love endures forever. We have acted like, we have sinned like our ancestors. We have They made a young bull at Horeb and worshipped that molten image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of a creature that feeds on grass. They forget that you were the God who had saved them by your mighty acts in Egypt. The wonders you have done in the land of Canaan, awesome deeds at the Red Sea. You would have destroyed them had not Moses, your chosen one, stood in the breach. He turned back your sing together all glory, laud, and honor.
throughout Lent, we've been reflecting on the power of the cross and reflecting on the stories of Jesus as he walks with us to his cross. The power and the meaning of the cross as he gives his life for our own. And what it means to be part of his kingdom. And so we walk with humility again, still with Jesus. Recognizing that on our path we have erred, we have sinned, we have fallen away. And so we come to Jesus asking for forgiveness and mercy as we lay our, prayer, lay our prayers and our sins before him. Let us now offer our prayer of confession. Father, often I find myself struggling to follow in your way. It is a sin in my life which keeps me from your path. Lord, I invite you today to heal me of my sin and lead me in your way. Friends, know that as we do, as we do lay our sins, as we lay our faults, our, our struggles before Jesus, he brings them to God and we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 21, verses 1 to 17. Jesus enters Jerusalem. When Jesus and his disciples came near Jerusalem, he went to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives and sent two of them on ahead. He told them, go into the next village where you will at once find a donkey and her colt. Untie the two donkeys and bring them to me. If anyone asks why you are doing that, just say, the Lord needs them. Right away, he will let you have the donkeys. So God's promise came true, just as the prophets had said. Announce to the people of Jerusalem, your king is coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey. He comes on a colt of a donkey. The disciples left and did what Jesus had told them to do. They brought the donkey and its colt and laid some clothes on their back, then Jesus got on. Many people spread clothes in the road, while others put down branches, which they had cut from the tree. Some people walked ahead of Jesus, and others followed behind. They were all shouting, Hooray for the Son of David! God bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hooray for God in heaven above! When Jesus came to Jerusalem, everyone in the city was excited and asked, Who can this be? The crowd answered, 
This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus went into the temple and chased out everyone who was selling or buying. He turned over the table of the money changers and the benches of the one who was selling doves. He told them, the scriptures say, my house you have turned into a place where robbers hide. Blind and lame, people came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. But the chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses were angry when they saw his miracles and heard the children shouting praises to the son of David. The men said to Jesus, don't you hear those children? Don't you hear what those children are saying? Yes, I do, Jesus answered. Don't you know that the scriptures say, children and infants will sing praises? Then Jesus left the city and went out into the village of Bethany, where he spent the night. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. 
Lord, we come today singing our hosannas, shouting our praise, declaring your goodness and your greatness in the world. But Lord, there are difficult times. There are challenges we face. And so we gather with you and your word this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Now I'm sure you've seen the news over the last week from Nashville, Tennessee, where seven people were killed in yet another school shooting incident in America. This week alone, there have been 10 mass shootings in the States where 20 people were killed and 44 more were injured. On Wednesday alone, there were 60, 60 gun-related incidents in America where at least one person died or was killed. There were 73 on Thursday, but only 48 on Friday. As of yesterday morning, there have been 131 mass shootings in America in 2023 alone. 422 children under the age of 18 have died from guns this year. And about 1,000 more have been injured. Guns are now the number one cause of death for children in America, surpassing car accidents. The other day I watched a video from someone approaching Republican politicians in Tennessee inside the government building. And he was asking them what they're going to do to protect children from future gun violence. Almost all of them kept walking, ignoring the questions. Not a single one spoke in favor of any real protections that would bring things like bans on assault rifles or anything like that. One guy even tried to make a joke out of it. Another offered Jesus as the answer to reduce the violence. Meanwhile, people in America are mad. They're livid that their children are dying in schools. And politicians are ignoring it, or even worse, they are blocking attempts to try to reduce the spread of gun violence. And from, if you ask me to bring Jesus into the equation, is even more insulting. Yes, I do believe that Jesus can save the sinful hearts of those who follow him. But to ignore the fact you call yourself a Christian and thanking God for the opportunity to serve the American people, but you don't act in the face of horrendous violence means you've left God at the door. It means you serve someone else instead of him. Meanwhile, you see on the news mothers crying outside the Capitol building because they are afraid to send their children to school. They're not sure if their children will come home or not. The whole situation doesn't just doesn't break my heart. It destroys it to see what's happening. Now, yeah, sure, today is Palm Sunday. It's supposed to be a celebration. It's the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. But instead, what are we doing? We're, we're mourning violence. Even violence in our own province. As we see the commission report come out on the shooting in Portapique. Or we hear of the stabbings in schools outside of Halifax. Now, thankfully, they couldn't get their hands on any guns. This is part of the reality of being a church, though, being a Christian in the world. Every Sunday morning, we gather, we celebrate the gift of love 
from God that we find in Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone of our faith. Yet outside of this hour, we live in a world of increasing violence. We live in a world where seemingly there's a lack of, a reduced lack of respect for one another. We live in a world that is dying because of environmental abuse. And we live in a world that, that if we're being honest, may even make us question whether there truly is a God or not. Then we come back on Sunday morning, and we do it all again for another week. I will agree with that one politician, though, that Jesus is the answer. Now it's up to us to figure out what the question is, though, and how we connect the two. We'll come back to that. As for Palm Sunday, we've backed up in the Gospel of Matthew from what we've been looking at over the last month. Nearly everything we've discussed through the season of Lent happened after what we read this morning, when Jesus enters Jerusalem with a road that is, that is crowded with his followers. And as Jesus approaches the crowd, they take off their coats, they cut branches off trees, and they lay them on the road for him as he passes by. What we see throughout this reading from Matthew 21 is the authority of Jesus shown in a variety of ways. The first way is that his authority, much, is much like a king's authority, is the authority to commandeer property for his use. Jesus sends his disciples ahead to retrieve a donkey and her colt to use as his transportation as he prepares to enter the city. Now this would not be overly uncommon in those days. Regularly, armies and kings and so on would take what they need from local people citizens in order to complete their mission because when you think about it to wait for reinforcements to come from say rome would take a long time so why not just take what's at your disposal for your use from the local citizens it makes sense it's not fair but it makes sense what's strange about jesus doing it though is that he has no authority from any government or king or whatever to do such a thing Jesus has no earthly authority here, but he claims a donkey anyway. And the owner willingly gives it up because Jesus tells his disciples to say, the Lord needs them. Jesus is invoking not his earthly authority, but his heavenly authority. And the owner grants his request, submits to the authority of God in this moment. Another way Jesus shows his authority is by the crowds. Jesus is welcomed like a celebrity, like a king. Yet he is no king by any of the worldly standards. They lay down their cloaks, they, they, the, the, the branches, they shout out his name, they shout out their adoration for him. He is treated like a king, but has no kingly authority granted to him by any earthly, con uh, any earthly organization. I remember lining up as a kid in the streets of Lunenburg in 1983. Why were we lining up? Because Prince Charles and Lady Diana were coming to town. I remember the cheers of the crowd as they drove by, everybody trying to catch a glimpse through the window. And we were close enough to the place where they were going that we saw them get out of the car and walk up the steps into, I think it was the town hall. I don't recall people taking off their coats, putting them in the streets, or cutting branches off trees. 
But I remember the excitement as they came, as they walked up, as they walked out, as they drove away. Just the excitement of people just trying to catch a quick glimpse of the, the future king and queen. Jesus invoked a lot of excitement for people as well when he, when he came by. They cried out in cheer. They, they shouted their hosannas. They walked along with him. This huge crowd to, to celebrate his arrival, not as an earthly king, but as a heavenly authority, even if they didn't really realize it at the time. And then when Jesus walks into the temple court, that area outside the temple, inside the walls where people gather uh, because they can't pay the... They can't get into the, the temple themselves. Jesus shows his authority when he walks in there as well. Many of the people inside that area have come from significant distance. And when they came, they didn't bother carrying like the, the doves or the animals or whatever they needed to offer a sacrifice to God. So what happened was the Romans allowed vendors in there to sell items so that the people would have what they need to pay their respects to God. But since the people came from many different places, often with their own currency, they also set up a temple currency. And so the people had to go in, exchange their own local currency for the temple currency. Then they could go and buy the things they would like to offer to God. It's kind of like when you go to a theme park or an amusement park. You know, you go in, you got to buy the tickets or whatever it is, the, the tokens to do whatever it is you want to do inside the amusement park. And then when you sit down and realize just how many of those tokens you used and how expensive it really was. It's kind of like that in the temple. The currency exchangers had on, added on surcharges. And some of the money they kept for themselves, others went as taxes to Rome. Either way, these people are paying huge extra fees to, and they're being taken advantage of simply because they've come from a long way away. And all they want to do is pay their respects to God. So Jesus walks in. He sees all this going on. And he gets upset. He starts flipping tables and, and chasing people about. And he says, my house we, we call the house of prayer. You have made it a den of robbers, he says. Jesus has called this place his house, his own home. And by doing so, he is asserting his own authority. And he's asserting over the authority of the Romans and over the authority of the religious leaders. And as you can expect, this will cause problems. And finally, Jesus shows his authority as he sits in the midst of the chaos that he has created. As the dust settles, he sits with those who have come. And what does he do? He heals them. Every single one, he heals and the chief priests are watching what's going on, and they start to ask questions. Like, what about those children? What are you doing? What about the children shouting out, Hosanna to the son of David? And Jesus replies to them, he says, Yes, have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. Now this comes from Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 8. And it's something that the chief priests would have most certainly recognized. So Jesus says, have you never read? That's a bit of a slap in the face. Because they should know it. And again, Jesus is showing his authority. By claiming that the children, by shouting out Hosanna to the son of David, that they are praising the Lord, which of course he refers, he's referring to himself. 
Jesus has come to Jerusalem with a job that needs to be finished. And as part of this job, he's telling parables, the ones that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, and a number of others. And through these parables, we've learned, uh, we've learned more. He teaches us more about who he is and how it all ties into the kingdom of God. And as well, it tells us how it is we can join him there. Jesus knows what is coming. He knows he's about to give up his life. But he doesn't turn away. He doesn't pull back what he's been doing. He keeps pushing. He's pushing against the people who have turned away from God. He keeps pushing those religious leaders to change the way they live, to think about what it is they do, to help them see what opportunity they have missed about the thing that God is doing for all people, all the people. Jesus is giving us the answers we need to hear by showing us his authority and where this authority comes from. So what are the questions? Well, what if one of those questions is, how do we protect children from gun violence? Well, the answer might be Jesus. But only if those who make the decisions, only if those who are in government are willing to follow him and make decisions which result in the protection of children. It doesn't mean giving uh, guns to teachers. It doesn't mean increasing more security at our schools to turn them into fortresses. It means literally taking the guns out of the hands of the people who cause the harm. That's what it means. It doesn't mean bowing before the National Rifle Association and the millions of dollars that they pump into American politics. That's definitely not the answer. So what if the question is, how do we take care of the homeless, the poor, the hungry? Well, that means governments work to make the basic necessities of life affordable and accessible to everyone. Things like housing and food. It doesn't mean voting down proposals to take $5 million to build affordable housing. It means acting like Jesus, listening to and helping people in their time of need, not walking away from it or passing the buck on to someone else. When Jesus went to the cross, he was submitting to human authority paying the price for crimes he didn't even commit. But he submitted to this authority so that God's authority would be shown through it. On Easter morning, Jesus walks out of the tomb where they laid his lifeless body, and he shows God's authority is far greater than any earthly authority, including matters of life and death. As followers of Jesus, we live under two different authorities. We live under the authority of this world, the rules and laws, that are put in place to maintain our society for good or for bad. And we live under the authority of Jesus. The one God sent us to show how we live, not just as citizens of society, but to live as citizens of his kingdom. Remember what we pray here every single Sunday. We pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are literally asking God to make a difference in this world. To make it more like heaven. And we pray this every single Sunday here in this church, along with churches all over the world. We are asking God to use his authority, his power, his influence to make a difference in our own lives, but also in the lives of the people in the world around us. Now, how do we exercise God's authority in a society that lives with other priorities? 
Well, it means we act like Jesus. We stand up at times to the injustices in the world. And sometimes that means we need to flip tables. It means, means we might need to say things that make us unpopular. And I'm okay with that. I don't particularly care if I'm popular with local government officials. I don't particularly care if other Christians agree with me all the time. Because some of them act in ways that I don't recognize. That I don't recognize as God's ways. And some days I don't think they worship the same God that I do. I don't care if I'm not the most popular pastor in town. I don't need to be. I just need to follow Jesus. Jesus wasn't always the most popular guy in his day with the leadership either. And throughout this week, as we walk with him, as we reflect on the last hours of his life, we remember what he faces. We know that he will feel the full brunt force of earthly condemnation as they arrest him, beat him, and send him to the cross. So yeah, happy Palm Sunday, eh? Jesus has returned to Jerusalem to a king's welcome. It's just too bad that once he enters the city gates, all he faces is hatred. Hatred that plots successfully to arrest him, beat him, and kill him. And he's doing all of this just trying to serve God. He's trying to love others, to help the poor, the weak, the sick. And because of this, he pays the ultimate price for a world that refuses to give up power and authority. A world that is drunk on its own success. A world that is unable to see the pain and suffering it creates in its wake. Wow, hasn't the world ever changed? <clears throat> hasn't changed a bit, it seems, has it? But Jesus, he, he's still working. He's still using his authority to make this world a better place. And he's doing it through people. People like you, people like us, people like Carmen. So won't you join him? Won't you follow under his authority and seek to protect and help those who need help and protection? Jesus died so we can live. Not just for us, though. For everyone. He died for everyone. And by his authority... Much work can be done in his name to bring wonderful life to others if we submit to doing the work he calls us to do. And I pray that together we will. Amen. Let's sing together, My Song is Love Unknown.
Let us join our hearts in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we gather today just ever thankful for the gift you have given to us, the gift you have given to this world, and the gift that is given for all. Lord, we thank you for the blessings we share, for the life you have given us, that even though through the struggles, we have hope that we find in you. That even though we walk through this dark, dark week, to the day where you give your life for our own, Lord, we thank you. For you have taken the punishment that we deserve. And through it, you have given us new life. You have given us love. You have given us hope and joy as we await the return of our Savior. And Lord, as we wait for this return, we seek to serve in your name. And so we pray today for those who are in your need, for those who are hungry and poor and cold, for those who suffer under addictions, for those who have medical issues. God, we pray for healing for all these people. We pray for those who live in poverty and just struggle day to day to put food on the table. We pray for the children in our schools who come to school hungry because they haven't eaten the night before. We pray for children who go home to homes that struggle to love. We pray for their families, oh God. We pray for those who respond to their needs. Social workers, teachers, administrators, first responders. Lord, we pray for them all as they do wonderful work. And we ask you to bless them. And Lord, we also come to you with the, with the prayers of our hearts to say as we pray for the ones we love in our lives. Lord, we thank you that even as Jesus walks to the cross of his death, that his eyes are fixed on us. That he's doing it for us and for everyone. So Lord, we celebrate this gift as we lift all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus. As he taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
We come today to continue to do God's work in this world. Thank you to those who have brought in thing, uh, items for our schools. Thank you for those who have made donations for the food bank. And thank you for those who have supported the work of this church as we continue to do God's work, not just in this building, but through our building to the community. And we continue that work as we respond to God's call in our lives to love and serve one another and to love our neighbors. Our offering will now be received. We bring before you today the riches you have blessed us with, so that others may be blessed as well. We ask you, Lord, to bless this offering, to bless the food and the items we bring, as we offer them to those in need. Help us, Lord, to be good stewards of all we have, so others may know the greatness of your love. We pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Closing hymn today is What Wondrous Love Is This?
What a question to ask. What wondrous love is this that our Lord would lay down his life for our own? As we step into Holy Week, the week where Jesus gives his life for ours, let us reflect on the power of the cross and everything he went through to get there so that we may have life and let us love and serve others as he has loved and served us. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God and each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you.